Today is signs, part three. My, my, my last sermon on signs for a while. But I, I just, I broke away from um, the book of Acts because I believe the Lord wants me, want me to talk about this. So if you'll turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, or you can just stand with me and we'll read it together. Chapter 3, verse 1, and then all the way down through 8 or 9 or something like that. But it's titled, The Dangers of the Last Days, beginning at verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. But they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are just as with Janice and Jambres. Father, as we go through this, I pray that, Lord, we'd have that revelation come alive inside of each one of us, Father. That, Lord, that we'd not be deceived. That, Lord, that we would have discernment. That, Father, that you would show us what to be praying for as we watch according to your word, watch and pray. Father, that we would see clearly in the spirit what's going on. We'd have greater understanding, Father, so that, Lord, we would see the victory come. We would see people's salvation. We would see people set free, Father. Lord, so I praise you and I thank you for this time together in your word, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. As I said, this is my last message on signs. And next week I'll be back in Acts chapter 6. But the Lord has had me speaking about signs so that he has our attention about the signs that are going on because there's a sense of urgency about telling people about Jesus. I'll, I'll tell you why. The urgency is, I'll give you the first one. The urgency is people are dying like crazy. I've done more funerals the last couple of years and not from COVID, just people are dying. I, I, I can't even tell you how many funerals I've done. I stopped counting. It's just. People are, are leaving this earth and they're either going to heaven or they're not. So there's an urgency. And the other is that Jesus is coming. How many of you believe this is the season, amen? This is, the, we're in the last of the last days that Jesus could come. He could come today, he could come tomorrow, he could come in a hundred years, but I'm confident in this, he's coming. And if he doesn't come for a hundred years, you will have already died and gone somewhere. And I pray to God it's heaven. 
I pray to God we're all going to go there. But he wants our attention right now because I, I feel a sense of urgency about his coming. I feel that we need to be doing our job. There's a lot going on in this world today, and we need to look to God as to know what we should be doing. We should be opening our mouth and allowing him to fill it so that we can share the gospel with people that we meet. Can I hear an amen? amen. I think we could all agree that these are difficult times. How many of you feel this is difficult times? You know, as I, I just look back on our country, and I know I'm going to miss a lot of things that have happened, but, you know, since... You know, our nation was birthed out of a war, you know, the, the war with the, the British. And then, you know, then we had that huge civil war, which over a half a million Americans died in our civil war. A lot of people died in that war. Terrible thing. Then you had the first world war. You know, these are all things that, you know, going, you know, when you start with the first world war in the 1900s, there were so many wars that we were involved in. In that hundred years, the, the World War, then we had the Great Depression, you know, where finances went out the window, people struggled, people suffered. You know, a lot of people committed suicide because they lost all their money. It was just a tough, tough time in our country. And, and as we come out of that depression, we went into World War II. And just a, a terrible thing. So many millions of, of people died in World War II. Six million Jews died in World War II. Plus all the people that they, the countries. Then you had the Korean War come. Then you had the Vietnam War. You know, then you had Desert Storm, Desert Shield, you know. And those are just the wars and the Great Depression that, that's gone through America. And, and it just describes, you know, perilous times. These are terrible, these were terrible things that happened in the world, happened in America, and, and it's going on. And, you know, and there's wars going on all the time, and if we're not in it, we're, we're paying for it. You know, we're sending, we're sending weaponry, we're sending money, you know, like with Ukraine right now. But times have been difficult. The, the New King James says the times are perilous. They're perilous, and that means the idea of reducing strength, difficult, dangerous, furious, fierce, fierce, perilous. That's what that word perilous means. So you can see even in America, in these perilous times, we're losing our strength as America right now. Things are, are coming down and it's, it's getting crazier and crazier. And it seems that since Jesus left the earth, Way back when, probably around 2930 AD, Jesus left the earth and went to heaven, declaring these would be the, these are the last days. He said, in the last days in Acts, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So when did that start? 50 days after he was resurrected from the dead. 50 days, 10 days after he ascended into heaven. On the day of Pentecost, he poured out his Holy Spirit for the first time on the earth where everybody that believed had the opportunity to be filled and nothing's changed. We've, if that was the start of the last days, I believe we're coming to the end of the last days. But I know this, with all that the word declares the last days will look like, it has been going on for quite a long time. You know, I can imagine the people, all the people dying in World War II, the people were getting ready to meet Jesus. 
They thought, he's coming. He's got to be coming. You know, and that's how we feel today. He's got to be coming. But the time frames for things are lining up more and more and more for his coming and us to be ready. Can I hear an amen? You know, but as we, we talked about last week with Noah, not everybody was ready. So many people were caught off guard by the flood. Even though Noah told them, even though Noah built an ark, even though the Lord brought all those animals to the ark, they still didn't get it. They still didn't have that understanding. And um, they were all lost. They couldn't see it. Isaiah chapter 6 Verse 9 and 10, it says this. He said, because Isaiah says, the, the scripture before this, it says, whom can I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. And the Lord told him to say this. And he said, yes, go and say to the people, listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor will they hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts and turn to me for healing. So the idea that, that uh, you know, he's telling Isaiah is they're blind. They can't see spiritually. They can't hear spiritually. They have no understanding. If they did, if they understood, if they could see what was happening in the spirit, they could turn to me and I'd heal them. He, he declared, Jesus used this in Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. Let me go there, my Bible here. Matthew chapter 13. If you got your Bible, your phone, whatever you got, turn there, highlight it, mark it up. Matthew 13, verse 14 and 15. He said, and he's referring to this prophecy. He said, in them, the prophecy of Isaiah fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of the people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that i should heal them See, God wants to heal even America, even Corona, even California. God wants to heal us from our wayward things, from our um, walking away from God. God wants to bring us back. God wants us to open our eyes and understand. He wants us to have that open heart to be able to receive what he has for us so that we can call on him and that he would heal our land. As we've been praying in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, I would hear from heaven and I would heal their land. See, the, the, apparently it hasn't happened yet. Because there's such turmoil in the land right now. The healing's not there yet. Are we deaf? Are we not seeing as the body of Christ? Or are we getting it and finally waking up to, we need to pray. We need to humble ourselves. You know, in humility to God is, God, we can't do this alone. We need you. 
We need you, God. We come before you. We need you, God. We need you to, to move on our behalf. We pray, God, that you open up our eyes. You give us understanding. Lord, you help us to understand what's going on. Father, that we could reach out. We could touch people. That we could break those chains we sang about today. That we'd be free. But as I even read this, it's not, it's not like he's talking to the world out there. He's talking to us. We've got to see. We've got to hear. Amen. And we've got to respond. We have to come to the Lord. We can't continue to do things. Gets into it a little bit in the scripture that we're one way in church and we're another way out in the world. That's not, that doesn't work for God. You got to be all in with him every day, every hour, all the time. You can't separate the two. Well, I'm not at church. I'm not around church people today. I can, I can do what I want. You can't be that way. God's calling you to him, amen, to be with him. And, and some people are just blind and deaf to the signs that the Lord is giving. Everybody say signs. They don't want to see and they don't want to hear. They don't want to know. They don't want to know what's coming. They don't want to know Jesus is coming. They don't want to know about the Antichrist. They don't want to know what's going to happen in the world. Oh my gosh, if you talk about Revelation in the seven bowls or the seven scrolls, you know, oh man, they don't want to know that stuff. The church doesn't want to know that stuff. Because it's scary if you're not with Jesus. But when you're all in with Jesus, you're like, wow, look what's going to happen to these people. Because you know you're not going to be there. You have a confidence in you. I'm not going to be there. But these are perilous times. And this word, the word describes a society that is barren of virtue, but abounding with vices. Let me tell you what vices mean, the definition of vices. It means immoral and wicked behavior. That's what vices means, immoral and wicked behavior. So he gives us a list right here of a bunch of vices. People will love only themselves. They're only going to be care about themselves. They're going to be selfish. It's all about me. You know, we even have sayings for that in, you know, in public, uh, he who dies with the most toys wins. It's just all about self. You know, people will love their money. It'll be all about their money. I mean, people will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. You know, I, I remember when the church building was a sacred place. You know, we have a, right there on the wall, we have a, a backflow valve. And we never caged it. It was just right there outside. You can't see it. I'm looking through the wall. You're all looking over there. It's outside. But that backflow valve... We, we, we had it on the other side of the uh, sidewalk and they made us replace it, so we moved it up to the building. Somebody stole it. Somebody come and took our backflow valve. 
Bear called me one day. He goes, Pastor, there's no water at the church. I'm like, really? I said, there's only one place to check, man. Check the backflow valve. And he goes down there. He goes, it's not here. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> That's an issue. <laughs> so $3,000 to replace it. Dwayne says, I'll build a cage for you, Pastor. He built a cage, just cemented in. We put a lock on the front of it. A few weeks later, they come, they cut the lock off, and they cut the, the valve again. I went to go get a haircut Friday. I was at Greg's place. I don't see him right now, but I, I went to go get a haircut with Greg. And as I'm sitting there, this guy walks up. And I go, man, you look familiar. And he says, well... I said, what's your name? He says, Tom. I said, oh, I'm Ron. He goes, what do you do, Ron? I said, I pastor New Hope in Corona. And he goes, I pastor Calvary Deaf Church in Highland. I said, really? And you know what story he told? Somebody stole his backflow valve. <laughs> the church is not sacred anymore. When would you ever hear of such things? If you look at the wall out there outside... When you leave, when you're driving by, it's about right where that lady's face is. You'll see a big square about this big, a square, where we had to repaint. You know why we had to repaint it? Because somebody tagged the church. The block wall is so many different colors. Do you want to know why? Somebody tagged the wall, and we just... Poor Herman, he's like pastor, you know, I mean, because every other week he had to go paint the wall. I'm not kidding. Nothing is sacred anymore. People don't think of things as being sacred. I got stuck on that one, didn't I? And it's crazy. This building right here, I feel bad for the stores because they, they tag them more than they tag us. And it says they'll be, people will be unloving. Out there in the world, people are unloving. Let me ask you this question. I mean, y'all seem real loving in here, but how are you out there? What will your kids say about you? Because they're in there praying for you right now, probably. <laughs> I remember when I used to smoke, and, but I came, I came to church and I smoked and I drank and I had a foul mouth. And, my, you know, and I would never smoke coming to church because I didn't want anybody to smell smoke on me. My kids are out there asking for prayer for my smoking, you know. It's like, <laughs> you're not hiding it. Unloving, unforgiving, unforgiving. Listen, unforgiveness is a, it, it's up there in the top of things that you shouldn't do. Because when you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. So how are we going to get to heaven if we're not forgiven? You got to forgive. And then it says, um, they'll slander others. Philomena, they'll slander others. They'll do what they did to your daughter yesterday. That's what it says. They'll slander others. They'll, here, here's a good one. They'll have no self-control. How many of you all have self-control? Let me just tell you this. How many of you have the spirit of God in you? Yes. Then you have self-control. Yes. You just haven't exercised it yet. Because how many of you have love? How many have joy? How many have peace? You have self-control. 
So stop doing what you're doing and do what God wants. You can do this. And then it says they'll be cruel. Cruel. And, and, you know, people can be cruel. It's not even older people. Little kids can be cruel to each other. It's like, oh, my gosh. I told you before, I told my son-in-law, you better get my grandson saved quickly. Little Toby, he liked to hit people in the face at two. I know, that's what I said. Wow. Well, get that boy saved. And he, you know, we had to build a nursery wall up because he would clear that thing. And he'd take off running. So my grandkids are causing the problem. They'll be cruel. People will be cruel. And you can see it all around, the cruelness of people. And then they'll hate what is good. People will hate what is good. And we see that a lot right now. That they're fighting against everything that is good. And they're making good, evil, and evil good right now. And it's rampant. It's going on all around us. And this is where, this is where we dig in. This is where we make our stand, amen? This is where we don't give up. We don't falter. We don't fall backwards. We push forward and we, and we keep declaring the goodness of God. We keep shouting it out. We don't back off. We don't back down. I don't got to fight, but when I'm on my knees, man, watch out. Amen. I remember my daughter brought home a, a guy and... Um, I gave him options. I said, uh, I'll show you my sword collection or I'll pray for you. My daughter goes, go see the swords. Cause she knew. I just wanted to intimidate him a little. They will betray friends. Betray friends. That happens a lot. They'll be reckless. Be puffed up with pride. These are the vices that Paul describes. That's, I mean, these are becoming so much more evident than I've ever seen in my life. Puffed up with pride and love prep pleasure rather than God. So that's putting pleasure in front of God. Not that you don't take a vacation, but you don't miss every, every week because you're doing something else. Because you're, you know, I'm going to go surfing or I'm going to go fishing or I'm going to, you know, go do whatever it is that you do. I got a good tea time for golf. I, I can't be there today, pastor. Nobody ever calls me with that, but I'm just, you know, (laughs) <laughs> but there are people that call me and say, Pastor, I can't be there. I got to do this thing. And I, I appreciate that. It's like, wow, all right. Um, but love pleasure rather than God. And then they, they act religious. They act religious. Are any of you here just acting religious today? Isn't it a real question? I mean, you know, are you putting on an act today? You know, is it just for show? Are you just here to find a girl or, and, and uh, take her out? You know, is that, is that it? 
You know, what, what is it? Are, are you here to praise God, to glorify God, to exalt him, amen? Or are you here just to find some gullible women? See, it talks about that gullible woman who's caught up in her own sin. She's been hearing, but she can't understand it. See, and, and when you see somebody like that, you don't push them out. You grab them and you pull them in, amen? You know, because I know this. I need godly people around me. I mean, I need to talk. I need to fellowship with godly people. I, I can't just fellowship with the world. I got to have godly people that encourage me, that build me up, that, that say, hey, Ron, keep going. You're doing great. Keep going. I need that. You need that, Monica. Oh, it was a great time today. Thank you for stepping up and doing it. God's moving in you. Amen. Amen. God is moving in you. Poor, poor Liz has got COVID so bad. It's just she's sick as a dog and... Oh, we, Father, we just lift up Liz to you today, God. We pray, Father God, that that disease get off her. That, Lord, that you deliver her today, Father God, that sickness would not be her portion, but healing would be her portion today. And for Cindy also, God, that you would heal her today, God. Lord, for Lillian, heal her today, God. Lord, for all those that are suffering, God, right now, we pray that you just send the Spirit of God upon them and deliver them from sickness today. That, Lord, your ministering spirits, your angels would come and just pull out that sickness in Jesus' name. And have no portion in your Holy One, God. Do a work, Father. Do a work. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They will act religious. They will reject the power that can make them godly. Don't reject God's power. God's got more than enough power, amen? You know, I had one guy, man, I knew he was going to have surgery and stuff, and, and we had prayer for the sick and everything, and he didn't come. And I, I went after him, I go, why didn't you come? He said, oh, you know, I just figured, you know, that they need it more than me. I said, what do you say? He goes, you know, I said, God has more than enough for all of them, you and everybody in the world. God has more than enough. Don't reject what God wants to do. Don't deny the power. You, you're, you're feeling like with the toe thing. I don't know if you were here before service, but as we were praying and, and God showed me people's toes in pain. Man, if that's me, man, it's me. Because I want what God has, amen. I'm not going to deny. I don't care how I feel afterwards. I'm just going to receive God what you have for me. But people are rejecting the power that make them godly. See, he's not talking about the world. He's talking about people in the church. And then he says this, and this is a super, super strong statement. Stay away from people like that. Stay away from people that are walking in those vices. Stay away from them. That's strong. It's the hardest part about it. It may be your kids. Maybe your kids. 
You might be asking, well, why do the apostles say stay away from them like that? Why stay away from people like that? When the Lord gave them the promised land, he said, I want you to kill everything. I want you to kill the, the men, the women, the children, the babies, the livestock. I want you to kill everything. It's like, well, why would he be so vicious about it? Why would he be so hard line about that? Because it's contagious. It's contagious. These vices that I just read you are contagious. Come here, Delanda. I want to do it up there, but I'm afraid I might fall and hurt myself. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm going to pull you up here, okay? okay? You don't step. You just let me pull you. Give me your hands. Okay, you ready? No. Yeah, I said don't step. No. <laughs> you can't do that? All right. Pull me down. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> you see how fast she pulled me down? There's no way I could pull her up unless she steps up. You know, and, and it's a lot easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull somebody up to where you're at, right? So when you're hanging around bad character, when you're hanging around people with these vices, it's a lot easier to get sucked into it than say, oh. But to pull them out, you know who pulled people out? Jesus, a friend of sinners. He went with them. He was able to go and dine with them. And he was able to go and hang out with them. And he was able to take them out of their situation, out of their life situation. He was able to see their character change. He was able to see them set free. That's what Jesus did, the friend of sinners. He got them saved. So I would encourage you, go, but go, don't go alone. Because, Bobby, if you go alone and the people suck you in, then nobody even knows. But if you go with Gabby and Gabby says, Bobby, what are you doing? Stop that. You're not like them. And as husband and wife, you know, you got to be able to say that to each other. What do you think you're doing right now? That's not who we are. You got to be able to encourage each other, right? But even, I mean, how many of you would like to have been witnessed to by Jesus? Oh, yeah. oh man, wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be great? Jesus was the one that came and witnessed to you. But you know what? Not everybody accepted Jesus. That rich young ruler that came to him and Jesus told him what he had to do. And the guy went away sad because he didn't want to do what Jesus said. Because he told him, he told he went through some of the commandments and the guy said, oh, I, I got that down. And Jesus says, okay, go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me. For the love of money kept him from doing it. The love of money stopped him in his tracks. I can't do that, I got too much money. Just halted him. Jesus never wavered. And Paul is telling us this because we do waver. 
1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. This is the crux of the problem. You need to be strong and have good, strong Christian faith so that you don't hang out with people with corrupt character, but you hang out with strong people in the faith that will encourage you to keep you accountable in your faith to Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Amen. It's a lot easier to pull someone down than to pull them up, amen? So when you go, if you go, when you go, take somebody with you, amen? Somebody that's going to be there praying for you, encouraging you, and, and keeping you accountable. But the idea here is consider the company you keep and their influence on your character. Are they encouraging you towards righteousness or to sin? Can everybody be one to Jesus? I believe everybody can be one to Jesus. Will everybody be one to Jesus? No. People are going to deny him. But our job, our job, while we watch and pray, is to tell people what Jesus has done for them. You know, tell them, hey, Jesus loves you, and this is why. This is what he did for you. He took all your sin to the cross and he died for you there. He took the weight of your sin, the weight of your disease, and he put it on himself and he died for you there because he loved you so much. And then they buried him in a grave and three days later, you know what he did? He got up, he beat death. He beat death so that you could beat death so that you don't have to worry about hell. You can go to heaven today. Amen. You can go to heaven today. You don't have to stay stuck. You just got to let it flow. Oh, pastor, I don't know if I can say that. Why not? Just let it flow out of you like a river. Encourage people in Christ so that they might know him. Amen. Stay connected to the body of Christ so that you can be encouraged and accountable so that things of this world don't cling to you and drag you down. I I call them, I call them Klingons. It's, It's not a Star Trek thing. It's it's the Ron King things. Klingons are the, the thing in the world that will cling to you. You know, they say if you put on white and you go into a coal mine and you, you're in there for a bit, you're going to come out black. Your clothing will be black when you just just walking, not even working, just going in. And it's the same thing. When you stick around where the Klingons are, something will cling to you. You know, I, I, I used to, and I'm, I'm going to get started again go around the world. I've been to so many countries and preached, done so many campaigns and uh, crusades around the world, ministered, just have had an incredible time. But when I come back, I make an appointment with a friend of mine. I say, hey, I need you to come pray for me. I just want to make sure there's no Klingons on me because of where I've been, you know? I mean, because we go into places where there's witchcraft and voodoo, all that junk. You know, we cast out demons, we heal the sick. It's just, you know, it's just an incredible time. So when we come back, we like to make sure that we're, nothing's a Klingon. And that's why we need each other. We need to make sure that there's no Klingons on as we go out into the world. That's why we need to stay connected. You, ha- you have to begin to look into the spirit of things going on and maintain your walk with the Lord. That's That was what was crazy about the toe thing today. The Lord said that the toes 
it limits your walking. Your feet are shod with the gospel of peace. And the Lord told me that in the physical, the enemy's attacking your toes to shut off your voice from going and sharing the gospel. Andy, that's why your toes are being attacked because the enemy is trying to stop you from going and sharing the gospel message with people. All those people that you meet and go and, and minister to every day in the restaurant, wherever you go. So Father, we pray right now that you cut off this attack off of his toes, Father, in the name of Jesus. That Lord, your healing power would flow from your throne, God. Lord, no more Cain. Lord, we just look for the victory of healing in his life, God. That the gospel would continue to flow out of him. The power and might of the word of God would flow, Father God, that he would make many, many, many more disciples, Father. Lord, we just push back against the enemy of his soul. And we say no more in Jesus' name. No more in Jesus' name. But Lord, let your healing flow through him, Father. We thank you. We praise you for that today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. That's why we need each other. The enemy preys on people, as it said in the scripture, that are loaded down with sin, led away with various lusts. The enemy preys on them. You might be coming to church and you might feel like you're weighed down with stuff from the world and the enemy comes to prey on you to to take you away he's looking for people like that that come to church so he can destroy any testimony that you have you know these are people that are always here learning but they never able to come to the knowledge of the truth they learn it but they're not able to apply it they learn it but they're not able to do it god wants to help us he doesn't want to just push us off to to the side he wants to help us amen Remember, Satan was beautiful. He was not an ugly being. He was an angel of light. He was glorious in heaven, but he was deceptive. People will come in looking good on the outside, but inside they're corrupt. That's what we have to be careful of. Paul's warning us, watch out for them. Watch for them. It don't mean you sit in your chair and wonder, hmm. That you sit there and you wait and you're looking at everybody that's coming in the door. That's not your job, okay? We're to watch and we're to pray. We're to pray. We're to connect with each other so that we get to know each other's heart and our mind, amen? Paul's warning us what to watch out for. Counterfeit faith. Counterfeit faith. This is why prayer is so important now. We need to be able to discern the times we're in so that we don't get caught off guard. Like the people of Noah were caught off guard. They missed what God was wanting to do. And I don't want to miss what God is wanting to do, amen? The idea is that we're watching is to share that what we know of Jesus. We're watching so we can share, amen? To share his love, to let the love of God draw people out of their sin and, and that they get into salvation. That's what we're to do. Not to say, oh, you need to go. I, I had to ask one guy to leave the church one time. Didn't want to. 
But there was just no change. He was caught up in heroin. I mean, it's one thing to do heroin, but then he sold it. And I'm like, I can't have a drug dealer coming to the church, looking all good and mighty when you come into church, but knowing when you're going out the back door, you're selling drugs. And if you ever sell drugs to any of our kids, I'll kill you. I said, so you can't come here unless you want to be free. I'll send you to a place that you can get free. So I sent him to Team Challenge. He lasted a month. I sent him to the Hacienda. He lasted three days. I'm like, I sent him, I took him over there to the Hacienda in Paris. And on Friday and on Monday, he goes, hey, did you see such and such? I'm like, no, man, he's at the Hacienda. He goes, no, I seen him walking over the bridge on Main Street. And then there he is back at church. I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You know, says mom sent him to another state. Two months he died. In two months he died. He looked good when he came into church. Had a vibrant personality. You know, was real clean cut. Didn't look like a drug dealer. Didn't look like a drug addict. So he was either at a good place with the Lord or the enemy took him out. Where are we at today? Are you at a good place with the Lord today? Are you in a position for the enemy to take you out? We need to remember where we've come from. What God has taken us out of. God has given us signs for our understanding of the last days of what's going on around us, what's happening. We gotta continue to watch and pray. I mean, more and more people are coming on Friday night to prayer and that's an awesome thing. We need to, we need to keep coming. We need, listen, it's an hour, 6.30 to 7.30. Let's come and let's pray together. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But let's not get on the side of condemning people, but loving them. Loving them into the kingdom. Jesus said, if they don't receive it, dust your feet off and move on. But time's short. Don't waste a lot of time. Show them the way. Just know this. When Jesus preached, not everybody received. Even his disciples, he had hundreds of disciples when he talked about his, his body being the bread, his blood being the wine, the wine, people couldn't understand it and everybody left him except the 12. So many people left him. People aren't gonna always stick by you if you continue with the Lord. I know that when Delana and I came to the Lord, we had a lot of friends and we brought them all to church, ministered to, and, and we had some friends that wanted to have a meeting with us. So we had a meeting. They said, we feel like all you want to do is go to church. I said, yeah, I do. And they said, well, that's not very, you're not very fun. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want more of him. 
I'm being changed. I'm being transformed. I want Jesus. I want to grow. I want to know him. I don't want to slumber. I don't want to just kick back. I don't want to just come once a week and say, hey, I know Jesus. You know, I did enough of that when I was backslidden state. I went to church all the time, but I didn't walk with Jesus. So today, when we watch and when we pray, pray for people to see and to hear so that they could call on the Lord and be healed, amen? That God would heal their life, spiritually, physically. That God would heal them. And maybe you're here today. And you need that healing today. You need to just go in with Jesus. You need to open up your heart today to say, Father, forgive me. I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus. Maybe that's you here today. If that's you here today, just wave at me. Say, I just want Jesus. Just wave at me today and make that declaration. I just want Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. I just want Jesus. Amen, amen. Why don't we stand together today? Oh. Father, here we are standing before you, God. And Lord, we know we can't do this alone. We need you, Jesus. I pray that you wash over every single one of us today. I pray that you cleanse us from the things of this world, that you get those Klingons off of us today in the name of Jesus. That Lord, that we can stand here, we can lift our hands and we can declare we are free. We are free. Lord, get the Klingons off of us, God. Yes. Oh, Father, wash over us with your word today, God. That, Lord, that we leave here free, free, free in Jesus' name. Lord, let your love abound in each one of us today, God. That, Lord, that we would walk in this freedom that we would go out of this building today and we would share it with other people, Father. That, Lord, that we would truly be watchers. Lord, that we would be prayer warriors, God. We would pray like never before, Father. Lord, I pray today for eyes to be open, ears to hear, that people would have understanding of who you are, that they could walk with you and talk with you, that they would be healed today. I praise you, Father, and I pray today for healing for the New Hope family today, God, that healing would be their portion. I pray they'd be healed from past wounds, God, past words spoken against them, God. I pray they be healed from sickness and disease, God. I pray that you heal the brokenhearted today, God. Heal, heal, heal us, Lord. Let it flow in this place, God. 
healing be our portion as we go our way today. We thank you, Father. I pray a covering over every person today. I pray that you bless them indeed. I pray, God, that you provide all that they have need of. Jehovah Jireh. And I pray for their peace. That the peace of God would rule and reign in their hearts and their minds. We give you praise today, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand today, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, if you need prayer today, I'm just going to say, come, get prayer. If not, there's refreshments, some good pie out there, some coffee and water. But if you need prayer, Delonda, Jeanette, Robert, Victoria, would you guys just come forward today? And, and Mark, if you'd come and pray for people. If you need prayer, just come and meet one of these. Don Maurice, if you'd come and and if you need prayer, just come to one of these people and let them pray for you today. Otherwise, have a great day. God bless you. Be safe out there.